0: Okay, I'm talking really loud, and it's loud, and I'm talking really loud, and I'm talking really loud, and I'm talking even louder than I normally talk, and there we go. Okay, I think that's good.
1: Should I be doing something?
0: No. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk hear something
2: neat? It's showtime. Hold your ears, folks. Here we go. See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts.
0: Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Welcome, listeners, new and old. In addition to talking about what we're feeling this week, Sandra and I are going to have a chat about a film called Your Name that is now the biggest Japanese animation box office hit of all time. Um, but first, Lawson's going to jump in for a little bit and talk about what he's feeling this week. So let's go ahead and introduce ourselves and tell the world do you have any history with anime at all?
1: I'm Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And I don't know if watching a few episodes of Sailor Moon before my dad banned me from watching Sailor Moon counts as a history <laughs> with anime, but that's all I got.
2: That totally counts. <laughs> I'm Lawson Soured. I'm an art director in Nashville, Tennessee, and I had a very intense Dragon Ball Z phase, um, and that is the extent of my knowledge with anime. It was Toonami on Cartoon Network?
0: Awesome. I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in the Bay Area, and the only thing that I have is watching the Studio Ghibli films. That's all I've got. So as as a group, I'd say we're pretty low on our knowledge <laughs> yeah. of anime. That's so, fair. That's fair. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, every week, we like to talk about something that we've discovered or rediscovered throughout the week, whether that be movies, TV shows, podcasts, books, whatever. So let's talk about what we're feeling this week. Lawson.
2: Yes, I am feeling new album by the band... Overcoats. Are you guys yes. familiar with them? Yes, they are so good. They're an amazing female vocal duo who, uh, their music is pop. It kind of like bends and weaves between genres. And their voices do the exact same thing. They weave and intertwine with each other so beautifully. It's incredible. I love them. I love their sound. Um, there's a lot of. Uh, bands like Isley and Joseph and all these different acts right now that are doing this similar thing, but Overcoats has some really catchy and interesting hooks that feel like they kind of set them apart from the competition to me. So not that they're direct competition. I don't mean to uh, set up women to compete with one another. You know, it's like (laughs) (laughs) they're obviously all doing very different things, but these guys have, or these gals have really been sticking out. Um, I am in love with your new album. It just came out this past week. It's so, so good. Uh, the album itself is called Young, uh, and I want to play a clip from what I think is still my favorite track on their album, though it's hard to pick at this point. Um, the track is called Hold Me Close. He's a man of armor, don't blink, no need to please, but he still looks to me to cuff his sleeve. them i'm so glad they've been blowing up since their south by southwest uh show and that they're all over npr that's where i heard about them the first time and i'm so grateful overcoats
0: (laughs) yeah i i heard about them from you lawson and i have loved this new album i think the the harmonies are great and their i guess their lyrics um are so visual and i feel like you get a really good sense of um their storytelling as well which is great completely agree all right lawson <laughs> yeah thanks for stopping in thanks loved lawson. hearing what you're feeling this week <laughs> no problem see you later <laughs>
2: thanks for having me i'm glad to be able to share overcoats with all of our listeners <laughs> yes <laughs> take care guys talk right, to you later
0: see, see ya all right sandra what are you feeling this week
1: this week i'm feeling a musical that i rewatched over the weekend I'm not going to say it's my favorite musical, but it might be a contender for my favorite musical. I rewatched Company from Stephen Sondheim. Uh, The first time I ever saw Company, I saw the version starring Raul Esparza, um, and that is an incredible rendition of that show, uh, production of that show, I should say. Um, But the version that I rewatched this weekend and the one that I'm recommending is one that stars Neil Patrick Harris. It was um, produced in 2011 and it was filmed and showed in movie theaters. And now it's available um, for purchase. And it was on Netflix at one point. I don't think it still is. It might be on HBO. Check any of the streaming services. It might be on one of them. If not, I'm sure you can find it on like iTunes and stuff. Um, But this production of company with Neil Patrick Harris is such a fun thing to watch um, the, for people who aren't familiar with the show company it's about this perpetual bachelor uh, named Robert and the five couples that he's like friends with that he's like constantly going over to their houses for dinners or going out to them at, with, um, with parties and um, they're all like so focused on him getting married and the whole play is a kind of an analysis of what marriage is truly like um, should people get married or shouldn't they? Is it good for people? Is it not? Um, how do marriages stay strong or, or, you know, devolve? Um, I really love this show. The cast in this, sh- in this production is what makes it so fun. Um, because there are a lot of familiar faces. We have Neil Patrick Harris, Patti LaPone, Martha Plimpton, Stephen Colbert, John Cryer. Um, oh, and Christina Hendricks. Um, uh, Anita, that is a cast, yeah. right There <laughs> and so it's so fun to see a musical with like people you know versus like Broadway stars you've never heard of. Um, I would say like the Raúl Esparza version that I saw at first is filled with these heavy hitter Broadway t- like talent, and the talent is probably greater in that production. Um, but one of the reasons I kind of prefer this production is. I really love the staging of it. Um, you get to see a lot more dancing and it's a little bit more accessible. Uh, it's it's just a really fun show and a really great introduction to Stephen Sondheim. Uh, if you've never like really given any of his musicals some time. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this show is Christina Hendricks. She plays um, a woman that Neil Patrick Harris's character seduces. And she's kind of like a ditzy flight attendant And her moments in the show are so incredibly funny and charming. Um, She's a particular delight. Stephen Colbert is also really great in this. Um, The whole show, it's a fun time. Um, If you like musicals at all, I would recommend seeing this.
0: Well, this is one I have not seen in any iteration. Oh, Lucas, Um, you would love it. I do love me some musicals, and I love me some NPH, so I definitely want to watch his version of it.
1: Yeah, you would really, really love this one.
0: Was there anybody who was bad? I I like to go in knowing who's going to be the bad singer. You know,
1: here's the thing. (laughs) I don't think anyone's a bad singer. There is one actress who I would not say is bad, but... So there's this one song in company that's incredibly hard to perform. Like it's mm. kind of known as one of the hardest songs in Broadway to, to perform, not just in this musical. Um, yeah. It's, incre- it's a patter song. It's incredibly fast paced. Like someone did a chart of comparing words per minute of like this song. It's called Getting Married Today. Um, versus, like, songs in Hamilton. And this song is, like, way harder than, like, any, like, way more fast than any of, like, the songs in Hamilton. Um, yeah. So it's a it's a really hard song. And I would say that the actress in this production does a good job at it, but I've seen it done better. And so, mm-hmm. like, that is, like, the one part when I'm watching this production where I'm like, oh, this isn't quite as masterful as I've seen um other places, but it's still very good. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my one caveat.
0: That's great. Yeah. I'm gonna look for it. If it's streaming anywhere, I will definitely find it.
1: (laughs) What are you feeling, Lucas?
0: Sandra, last week, you put out a list on Letterboxd about your favorite movies from each year that you were alive. Oh, right. Correct? Yes. Yes. So... You did that, and so I was looking through, and I was like, I want to do this. So I made my list as well. Um, but in doing that, I had to go through all of those movies and kind of think about, out of those movies, which is my favorite? Now, in your mind, did you do it as which was your favorite during that year, or just what's your favorite now of those movies that came out that year?
1: I did it now.
0: Okay. That's how I did it as well. Yeah. Um, and in doing so you end up looking at a, at a lot of movies that you haven't thought about in a long time. Sure. Um, and one of those movies for me that I've always loved, loved was the movie tombstone. Um, and that took my 1993 spot. And what I wanted to do was actually go back and watch it again to make sure it deserves that 1993 spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I did, I rewatched it and I love this movie. I am a big fan of Westerns in general and wet westerns all all westerns are pretty capacious they're very um very broad sweeping stories that have a lot of room in them to <laughs> um, for stuff to kind of heat up quickly and this is a movie starring Kurt Russell as wider and I just forgot his name Val Kilmer as Doc Holiday and Val Kilmer gives the most. Um, Heath Ledger as the Joker kind of performance. Just completely out there, ridiculous, never seen that kind of thing from that person before performance. And it is so, so good. He's my favorite thing about this movie. And he is just ridiculous and just lovable all at the same time. Um, if if you Have you seen this movie?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Okay, if you're gonna watch a western <laughs> and it's not um, Slow West which you're going to watch. Right. Um I would also say <laughs> this is this is a fun one. It's long. Most westerns are pretty long. Um but you get to spend a lot of time with Wyatt Earp as Kurt, or Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp, as Wyatt Earp um and his family. There are it's it's one of the first westerns I also think that had a lot of I think political political consciousness um as to kind of what was going on in the time that it was being made. Um, so you have a lot of, I guess, depth to some of the, Not, I wouldn't say a lot. Sorry. Let me back up. You have more depth (laughs) to some of the, the female, the female characters than you'd normally get in a Western. Um, there's a, there's a, a couple of gay characters in this movie. Um, there's a lot of talk about drug addiction and stuff like that. And, um, kind of it's, it's, I, I think there's a, they try to cram a lot into this movie. Um, that I I don't think would have would have flown in earlier movies, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was int- very interesting to see. I mean, it's, it's 1993, and so it's really interesting to see kind of how they um, how they kind of do that in a, in a western. They also talk a lot about uh, the the Asian population and the the discrimination that's kind of happening there as well. So um, it's interesting because I think it's one of the first westerns, at least that I saw kind of growing up, um, that that had a lot of those discussions. But, so very good movie um very great performances not the best movie in the world by any means but i think for 1993 it still has to take my top spot
1: i'm trying to look and find out what my 1993 was now um because mm. i want to see what uh, i want them to compete what?
0: Let's yeah
1: see. i have oh i have um sleepless in seattle
0: oh so, that's yeah that's why hate, they don't compete like
1: our most <laughs> genre specific favorites yes <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, we do have a lot of overlap on know, those lists i was just looking but... at
1: this and i, I want to count and see how many we have yeah uh, we have okay short term 12 that's one slum dog is two stranger than fiction is three oceans 11 is four almost famous is five um aladdin is six Oh, D two. You didn't have D two, the no, Mighty I, Ducks. I okay, I was I was so gonna say I feel seven. like you had D two. Yeah. Yep. Beauty and the Beast is eight. Pretty mm-hmm. Woman is yep. nine. Yep. I think that's it.
0: Oh, what do you have for ninety or eighty
1: nine? Um, I think when Harry met Sally.
0: Ah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Sounds um,
1: good. The hardest one for me was um was eighty eight because I was born in eighty eight. Yeah. The only thing I think I even seen in 88 was Big with Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't have any feelings about Big, you know, like
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me 88 would have probably been um die hard for me.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: But Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a Definitely. fun list to make. I uh it It made me want to watch a ton of movies, like just rewatch a lot of these movies as well as watch a lot of the movies that I hadn't seen from those years as well. As you start to like look into, oh, you know, this movie came out this year. That's a movie that I haven't seen. And I wonder if it would beat some of the movies on my list. So, yeah. So
1: when I was making it, it, there would be times when I would think of like favorite movies I had and I would Mm -hmm. get nervous that like (laughs) the year that it was made, there was something else that I also loved that it would compete against, you know?
0: Right, right. That's the worst is when you have, like, two of your favorite movies of all time in the same year. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's so, yeah. 2010 for me. Like, so oh, many yeah. movies came out in 2010.
0: Yeah, 2010 was a, a very good year. Yeah. But Toy Story 3 made the cut for me.
1: For me, no. it's Social Network. But
0: yeah, it could have been
1: Never Let Me Go, Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. Black Swan. Oh, yeah. Jeez. 2010 was yeah. a major year. Like
0: that was a good that was a good year for film. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> so as if people you're, our yeah, age yeah.
1: are gonna look back on 2010 mm-hmm. as like this glory year.
0: Yep, yep. So many, so many hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look at our lists, they're on Letterboxd. Don't judge us. We probably haven't seen your favorite movie if you want to fight about it. Right,
1: for so. sure. I, I can <laughs> promise you I
0: haven't seen your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about your name. Uh,
2: so, Lucas, before
1: we start, like, talking about our thoughts on the movie, I think one thing we definitely need to discuss is, did you see a subtitled version or a dubbed version of this movie? Oh.
0: I did not know there was a dubbed version. I saw the subtitled version.
1: Okay, I saw the dubbed version.
0: Oh yeah, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. I I am not a fan of dubbed movies at all.
1: I didn't even I know think... what I was signing up for when I started, <laughs> like when I sat down. I assumed it would be subtitled, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everything was like in English, and I was like, "Oh, what a happy surprise!"
0: Yeah, yeah. Was it was it good? Was it was the dubbing good?
1: I mean, I don't watch a lot of dubbed movies so I, as far as yeah. that goes I don't have much to compare it to um, mm-hmm. but it was fine to me I don't know like again I don't I
0: think it's it's definitely better in animated movies Absolutely. than in a live action movie because you have that performance there I so. think I would have been really yeah.
1: annoyed if it had been like a yes. live action movie but because it was animated yes. um, I, I preferred it because then mm-hmm. I didn't have to read and I could look at the animation look at the visuals um, yeah
0: that makes sense and then
1: also because there were some times where it would be like, I don't know what, what it was like for your experience, but in mine, you know, all of the dialogue is spoken in English, but um, mm-hmm. on the screen, like, it might show, su- like, text, and that is in Japanese. And so we would get um, written out in English. You'd get a, su- a, get a subtitle for the text. for visual stuff, right? Yeah. And so that yeah. was helpful so that I could, like, hear people talking and then also read what was happening. Yeah. Versus like yes. trying to read what was supposed to be on the screen and then also reading
0: dialogue. That that is also the thing with a visually complex movie like this. Right. Um. I it's it's definitely a movie I want to watch again because of that. Um, just because yeah you have to focus on watching the movie and also making sure you're reading the subtitles yeah. and then going back to the movie, um, and not missing anything. So yeah, I I I totally get you there. I think, I if 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 you're saying the dubbing wasn't terrible, I will probably want to watch a dubbed version as well. Yeah, for um, me it was. Fine. I love.
1: I, I don't know. Like some people might think it's. I, again, I'm not. I don't have a lot to compare it to. I don't watch a lot of mm-hmm. Japanese like animated movies, so I don't even know yeah. like quality level of acting, like <laughs> how it compares. Yeah. but it was yeah. fine for me.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll definitely have to do that. Yeah. The su- su- it's subtitles. I also love just hearing it in Japanese. Sure. Um. He- hearing the actors. Um, kind of performing their lines there as well, just because f- for me, that's not something that I ever get to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, so it's, it's it's neat to experience, but yeah, it's definitely, for me, this is a watch it two times kind of movie with, <laughs> with subtitles. And then again, with the dub. Right. No. So. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about this movie. This is, yeah. So this is a movie by Makoto Shinkai who has done a lot of other uh, Japanese animated movies before. And, all of them have a little bit of a a kind of a sci-fi twist ish to them um and from from what I've heard this is the first one that I've seen but from what i what I've heard they are he's like he's been growing in his style and in his um kind of quality over the years and this movie is one of the first ones that has outgrossed um Studio Ghibli films. So if you're familiar with you know, Spirit Away or My Neighbor Totoro or a lot, a lot of the films from Studio Ghibli, um, they're, they're kind of the, I'd say, the Disney of Japan. And Disney actually usually helps um, promote and distribute a lot of those films. Um, so this is a first for, for another studio and another really um, crew to kind of come out and uh, top them. So they've made $353 million worldwide um, with this movie so far, which is ridiculous. I think that's more than um, uh, Inside Out made. Um, but they, so it's 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 really kind of been big here in the United States as well, which is rare for for a Japanese movie. And so we really just wanted to talk about this since it, it's kind of a, a phenomenon that this is kind of get it going big. Um, and since we hadn't watched a lot of Japanese films, well, I wanted to talk about kind of, what was your thoughts on it? Since this was kind of one of your first ones, how'd you feel about it?
1: Um, well, I should say that this is a movie where there's like a lot of spoilers, so there's not a ton I want to oh, talk yeah. about uh, before we get into our spoiler section. Um, mm-hmm. I would say I had a really, really great time with this movie. Um, visually, so stunning. Um, like we've mentioned many times about this podcast, anime is not a style that I've had a lot of experience with or that I'm very drawn to. You know, whenever I hear about Anime films or TV shows, that's usually something that I'm like, oh, oh, that's not my thing. I'm not really interested in watching that. Um, So watching this film, it definitely took me a second as kind of a newcomer to get used to um, some of the stylistic choices made in the film. But I'm so glad that I took the time to do that because it was, there were so many things in this movie that I thought were stunning to look at. Um the story is so up my alley so i had
2: a really <laughs> the
0: whole time i was watching it i was like sandra's going to love this yeah
1: i had a really fun time with like the tone and the story um this movie didn't like move me in a way that i've heard some people talk about how like it's you know very moving or like really affecting um i think it's just like a really great genre entry um but i'm so so glad that i saw mm-hmm. it
0: yeah i think for- for me, visually, this was this was great. I there's a lot of really neat, I think, directing choices. He has a shot that he uses a lot throughout um, the movie of kind of doors opening and closing, right? Um, which I thought was the, the first time it, it's used in the in the movie. It was something that I hadn't really seen before because it opens tor- away and tor- towards the camera, like sliding doors opening yeah, it's, away it's and a, and towards re- the camera.
1: Re- a recurring theme of sliding doors, not just like mm-hmm. a, like a right. regular door and hinges. Um, right, it's like kind of the bottom, like the grate mm-hmm. of the sliding part of the door. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's unique. I haven't seen that before. And he uses it a lot throughout the movie. And it's it's just really neat, and especially for, for an, an animated film to take, um, I think, a lot of unique directing choices and kind of... I, they're not like shot choices, but I, I don't know what I don't know what you'd call them when it's I think animation. He, I think but still,
1: would call them shot.
0: Choices. Still, still call it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I I I think his just his directing style is really unique. Um, the story is a very I think of would be a daunting one to tell. It's not i wouldn't say it's like extremely complicated i will say it's extremely yeah, it's complicated. complicated it's extremely complicated yeah. um <laughs> and i think he tells it really well and in a very unique way and again we we'll talk a lot more about this in the spoilers um but i this is a movie i would recommend to everybody um even like if if you're not an anime fan yeah i would i would say this is something that i would look into i feel like anime has a stigma at least i i've always i For think sure. stigmatized it as more you- of a I I don't know like weirder nerdy thing, but if you kind of categorize anime, which I just found out is anime is is kind of categorized as Japanese hand drawn or computer animation. That's it. So just animated stuff from Japan. Um, and I've I I I don't know what I've always associated it with, but pro- probably Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I haven't seen any Sailor Moon. Yeah, um, I,
1: like intellectually, I know that it is like a broad genre of storytelling that has like mm-hmm. you know good and bad like storytelling and yeah you know there's there's i yeah. know that there's anime that is like beautiful and thought-provoking and smart and compelling and then i know that there's like bottom of the barrel stuff just like any kind of genre um, mm-hmm. but it's not ne- like i said it's one that i'm not opposed to i just never felt drawn into it the way that right. other, any other genre would have um mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's just one thing that I've always um never felt compelled to give it the
0: time of yep. day. Yeah, Yeah, I think this this is like I said, this is a movie I would I would absolutely recommend to everybody. It's very it's a very, very good, good story. Um and it's family friendly, I think, right? Yeah. Everyone can watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah. This yeah, I I, I thought it was great and just the way he handles um the story work in this is so, so good. And I'm excited to talk about it in spoilers.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I guess we should say, I don't want to give away the plot because I didn't see any trailers before I saw this movie, but I did still have, just like from hearing summaries, not summaries, but like, um, like pitches for it. Mm-hmm. I did have one major plot point spoiled for me in a way that I mm. wish I hadn't had growing into this movie. Um, yeah, but I do think it's safe to, I, I would say as, and Lucas, if you don't think so, you can cut this out. Um, I would say it's safe to say that this is like a sci-fi body swapping movie. Do you think that's a spoiler?
0: I think, yeah, I, I think IMDb says two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way. Okay. Which we can say is body swapping. Yeah,
1: it's body swapping. I don't think that that's a major mm-hmm. spoiler for the film. You figure that out super early on. Um, I think
0: really it's in the first like two minutes. Yeah. Like, it's real right.
1: quick. And so. I think that that, like, I think that's good to know going into this, like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is very epic. It's an epic tale, I would say. Um, it's not oh, yeah. just like your typical like mother daughter swap bodies and have hijinks kind of movie.
0: Yeah, it's not Freaky Friday. Yeah. It's not whatever those other ones are. Right.
1: Um, it's much. It's on a bigger scale, and that's what makes it so unique and fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so if you haven't seen it and you just listened to this part, definitely don't listen anymore because Please this is a movie now. you don't want to be spoiled for.
2: <laughs> Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away.
0: Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now, crack and gas.
2: Spoilers!
0: Remember, you wanted this.
1: So, but while we're, as we start, I want to start from the beginning of this movie and say yeah. that... um there were a lot of points in this movie where I was hesitant about whether I was going to like it or not. But one of the parts where I was like, Oh, I'm all in. This is so fun. Was the opening credit sequence that t- acted <laughs> like it felt very much like a credit sequence for a TV show, like a teen supernatural mm-hmm. TV show.
0: It very, it very much did. I was
1: like, this is so <laughs> fun. I loved the opening song, all the music, all the like J pop that's taking place throughout this movie song, this movie. Um, I had a ton of fun with.
0: Yeah, I I was very unsure about that. I I I'm and I'm still I think unsure as to how that movie or how that that choice will I don't know play out the next time I watch it. Yeah. Um but it worked for me by the end. By the end I was in on the musical choices in this movie. The the, score is great. The score is fantastic. But each time it jumps to like some J-pop, I'm like, and I'm watching a teenage movie, aren't I? (laughs) I
1: um, One thing I think I figured out after seeing it was that I got English versions of the J-pop songs.
0: Oh, interesting. So that's actually, yeah, because I did not, obviously, and I didn't have subtitles for the songs. I would, I would
1: ask you to maybe like listen to like one or two of them in English. Um, I found okay. them on Spotify and just see okay. if like they catch your fancy, you know. I <laughs> All had right. fun with All them. Right. I was like this is a blast. <laughs> oh
0: man. So so body switching. Yeah. Um let's let, let's talk about that. This was I think, a unique look at body switching because they switch back. Like, it's constantly switching back and forth right. as opposed to, usually the the plot point in a body switch movie is, oh, no, I switched with somebody and now we have to try and figure out how to get back to our old lives. Right. Um, and you have kind of this... Usually it's a city mouse, country mouse situation where they envy each other's lives, and by the end of it, they realize that their life is great. Yeah. And that's where I thought this was going to be, because they do kind of have that a little bit. She she really wants to uh, be in the city and kind of live that life, and he's just – not necessarily that he wants to live in the countryside, but he's kind of, like, cathartic about the city. Right. Um, and that's what I thought this movie was going to be about. And it takes some crazy twists and turns. Sure. But uh, Another thing that I'm, makes, gl- I'm glad it didn't go there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Another thing that makes it unique is that most body swapping movies I've seen, um, the two characters are usually of the same gender. And so mm-hmm. this yeah. was like a whole different take about like, what is it like for you to wake up in the body of a gender that's not your own? Um, mm hmm. And like, what what do you do when that happens? Like, what is your first instinct? Um, <laughs> and like, how does that affect? It's a real interesting look that they didn't delve too deep in, but it is yeah. a, an interesting look about like what can one gender gain from the other? Um, from like imparting like stereotypical gender characteristics. So like, what? Mm-hmm. How can like a teenage boy benefit from like acting a little bit more feminine and how can a teenage mm-hmm. girl benefit from acting a bit more masculine um
0: yeah um and so and i think i think they played that a little bit with kind of you know confidence level and i mean i i well i think both both of them were m- more confident i think in the other person's body which i thought was really interesting yeah um he 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 when he was in her body he was very I mean, they they they, they bully, do in a, the a so montage like, yeah. or whatever, but yeah, yeah, and then she is much more confident talking to talking to girls, obviously, right? But <laughs> um, so like, yeah, like and, flirting
1: and like, um, right, and having conversations with yeah, girls.
0: Yeah, in general, just having conversations, I think, with people. Yeah, um, she did a, she did a better job, and I think. I, I, yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting way to to look at that is just their confidence levels yeah. changing.
1: And, like, kind of – it's also – you know, there's a lot of humor in that, like, mm-hmm. when, like, a girl wakes up – when this girl woke up in this boy's body, kind of, like, the horror associated with that. And when, like, right. the boy would wake up in the girl's body, just, like, the excitement that is, like, associated with, like, having yeah.
0: access <laughs> to a female body. Yeah. um And I – they – Coming back and forth between the bodies interested me a lot because they did a lot of time jumps of you not knowing who you're looking at at right. first, kind of a situation. If since they're switching back after a few days or every other day and that kind of thing, um, or you see a character and you're not sure who you're looking at.
1: Not really knowing, like, like knowing that a body swap happened, but not knowing what happened while that was going on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was so fascinating that we. The first scene is like, I mean, after all the comet stuff, the first scene is um like Taki wakes up in this girl's body and then immediately we just see um Mitsua wake up in her own body again the day after. You know, we don't get mm-hmm. to see all of that like we would normally be in a, a body swap mo- movie um like, right. "Oh my gosh, I'm here at my new school" and um at least mm-hmm. we didn't get to see that from that character's perspective.
0: Yeah. And I think I think that's what's what fascinated me so much about just the storytelling is how it didn't go, you know, back and forth telling each person's perspective. It, it stuck with I mean, sometimes this body for a while right. and then jumped to the other body for a while. Yeah. And then stuck with one character as they jump back and forth. And just the way they told that I thought was really, really interesting. And I th- I think drove the story really well. Yeah. Kept us kept kept me on my toes for sure. Um sure. Uh, how did you feel about the, once, once we got to, I think what became the main crux of the story, um, is finding the other person.
1: Right. So here's the part where I wish I had known less information going into this movie. Um, I had heard someone describe it as a time traveling epic. Um, Oh, I know, (laughs) I know. So. During the beginning scenes, I was like, I knew I kind of knew that they weren't happening in the same year. Um, and there was like this one big clue in the beginning where um Mitsuwa is in Taki's body for the first time and they're at the cafe and she sees all the prices and she's like, I could live off of these prices for like a month. And they're like, Maybe ten years ago. And so I felt like especially because i, uh, knew, I yeah. knew about that going in i thought that was like a pretty obvious nod um to the fact that this wasn't the same year um however from that moment i thought that this was going to be like a 10-year difference instead of a three-year difference um right three years made it a lot more manageable right. of for like the romance of this story um yeah, but, yeah. Um, so at the beginning of it I kept thinking it was going to be a 10-year difference, and so I kept trying to figure out, like, is this other waitress, like, an older version of Mitsua?
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I kept thinking that okay. was
1: where it was going to go, and so I was... I wasn't surprised by the time jump, but I was surprised by the story plot line of like finding out about the comet destroying her city.
0: Yeah, that that was shocking and I think I think expertly done. Yeah. Um, really heartbreaking. How, oh yeah, completely. And just how like the aftermath of him dealing with that and just kind of learning about that. Mm-hmm. Um I think one of the best montages I've seen of just him kind of going, going to the library and reading all of this and finding her and just the heartbreak of all of that. Yeah,
1: And there is one thing, I don't know if you noticed Lucas, but when he and the waitress, um, are on the date together, um, they go to like an art museum and there's like a photo exhibit. And I'm pretty sure that the photos were like of that city. Um, like sort of like oh, a remembrance wow. kind of exhibit um that like oh, no. we don't know about <laughs> that yet um i noticed it because um i was like oh she's taking him to see pictures of her city so that he can know it's her but yeah. i was interpreting it wrong um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i now I, i'm pretty sure that, that was like sort of like a remembrance exhibit of like yeah. the city that was destroyed
0: yeah it was definitely like what, as soon as it ended, it was one it was something like I wanted to rewatch again immediately right. to kind of pick up on all those things. I'm like, I'm sure there's so many things that I missed right because I just didn't know that that's the kind of story that we were getting.
1: yeah, it was so powerful. I mean obviously, this is the scale might not have been exact I mean, I don't really know maybe it was, but like when you consider something like that to like what nine eleven means to like our country mm-hmm. and like how like, an impactful, tragic event that was, like, to us. Imagine if something like that happened, like, in a city right next to you and, like, on that scale and just years later. And how, like, that um, – imagine if, – if imagining that, like, if you, like, have the possibility to stop that, like, what you would do if you could save all those people. It Just putting in that perspective really um, meant a lot to me.
0: Mm Hmm, and I think I I think this was where I had this is where I had the most I think gripes with the this movie was about going through that process of trying to save this the the city. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I felt like like her friends were so on board like immediately. Um, there was zero convincing that, (laughs) That, um, which which is, is 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 totally fine. But I just like that whole like bringing them into that and that whole process. I felt almost was like a side mission, um, and that, that didn't really get built up enough earlier on in the movie. Yeah. Um, but whereas, and, and this might just be me wanting more of them together, but more wanting to focus on their relationship than on the saving of the city. But in the end, I think it worked really well yeah. <laughs> how they, how they kind of displayed that.
1: Um, uh- I love the timeline jumping that we got to do in this movie, not just because of, like, the three years Mm -hmm. difference timeline, but also, like, having her, you know, essentially die in that comet. um, Yeah. And then going back, not only to, like, see if we can save her and her city, but also, like, we get to see that trip she makes to Tokyo, like, out of order from when it happened. Um, yeah, that was such a cool way. And to have it like previewed early in the film. Um, yep. Was I was such a fun reveal.
0: Yeah, there were so many shots that I didn't know, like, what was happening. But uh, obviously, like, because of this, you know, intricate animation, you're like, I know that's important. Right? <laughs> you're Like, like, this is here for a reason. Yeah. And it's just so quick. And it's not quick enough to or it's not too, too quick to not let you know what's going on, but not slow enough to where you can understand it. Um, and then it moves you right into something else. So you almost forget it, it, which kind of blended with kind of how this movie works of just the forgetfulness of that kind of stuff. Like, like by the time, by the time we got to her trip, that's, that was when I remembered again that they'd showed that at the beginning. Right. Um, and it wasn't something I was like waiting for the entire movie.
1: Um, It's so funny for you to bring up, like, how forgetfulness plays into this movie. Um, I, one of the funniest things for me was, you know, so, like, there was the big thing at the end where they've both forgotten each other's names, and as a viewer part of me is like how did you already forget their name you know like you just were saying it all of a sudden you've forgotten (laughs) it but throughout the whole movie i kept forgetting mitsua's name like i kept being like what is her name
0: again
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i really like related to the characters in that moment Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i was was just saying, i yeah i i think at first, when I when he was talking about like forgetting, I was like, "Why? Why would you forget? You haven't forgot this whole movie. Yeah. Like, the, at no point have you forgotten who's who." But I think a lot of it was with the um, kind of the way he was. It's it's almost as if he jerry rigged their connection this time, and right. <laughs> and he's just like, "This is something that is not stable at all. This is just kind of
1: yeah.
0: a whim that this even worked." Um, so there's a chance that it could all be gone.
1: Yeah, I so. The whole overarching, like, themes of this movie, I'm such a sucker for. And so, like, when you have themes like this, I'm willing to, like, let go of some of, like, the plot inconsistencies. Like, why hurt? Two best friends were willing Mm -hmm. to just, like, set off a bomb just, like, on their friend's word, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Things like that I'm willing to set aside because I love stories that can, like, deal with the ideas of, like, people who are destined for each other and, um... Like, fate and changing fate, I think, is really fascinating. Like, whether it's possible or not to change your fate. Um, mm-hmm. I love, like, the cosmic meanings that this movie is, like, playing with. Um, so, I had so much fun with that. Also, I wanted to talk about how stunning the landscape animation was in this movie. Every time oh, yeah. we got to see that comet, that rainbow comet... Or, like, mm-hmm. a time lapse of, like, a sunrise or a sunset over cities and mountains. I was just blown away.
0: Yeah, I, man, I, that's one of the reasons I want to, again, watch this with, uh, um, what's it called?
1: Dubbing? Not voiceover. Dubbing? Dubbing,
0: yes. Um, watch, it, watch it with dubbing is, because I, I want to see all that again. Like, I want to be able to pay attention to the visuals, because um, they are great, and, I th- I think one of my favorite visuals was the twilight scene. Yeah, um, being able to see the the comet and the stars and the sun going down, um, and just emotionally how they kind of wrapped that scene up with the pen dropping and everything like that, and everything cutting out. That that so I like. You you said you said you're a hundred percent in on this kind of story. I'm usually a hundred percent out on this kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if someone had just like given me the play by play of like this is what kind of story it is, I would have been so out. But this film hit me hard. Like this this I was I was in in emotionally on this movie for some reason. And watching kind of that end of where of her not getting to write her name. Um Man, after after already watching her die, after already yeah. kind of watching him go through that sadness, um, was rough, but so, so well done. I loved it. I loved it.
1: Right. So um, there is a part of me that, like, when the movie was happening, um, I really thought that they were going to, like, kill her again like
0: i know i know i thought so too <laughs> it was
1: really just like I, I can't handle this
0: i can't handle this yeah.
1: um yeah i was nervous they were gonna kill her again or i was also nervous that um like she was going to escape but the rest of the town was still gonna mm-hmm. die and that how yeah. like tragic that would have been you know like yeah
0: the 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 way they did it kind of left all of those options open. Right. <laughs> um, of but I, I really thought like there was enough there's enough story there to where she could have died and it could have moved on and the movie wouldn't have been terrible. And that's that's what scared me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like this story could still work with her dying again. Totally. And I would just be devastated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um one thing like I wanna I think my only issue with this movie that kept me from like really falling in love with it is mm-hmm. I don't think we get enough interaction between the two main characters to like believe that they've like fallen in love with each other. Um I feel like I truly believe in their like connection to each other and their like mm-hmm. care for each other. Um yeah. but like the romantic love wasn't really there for me. Um for me Yeah, I
0: I'm I'm with you the way on I, that. I but I yeah, go for it. The
1: way I justify it though, even though I don't think there was enough in the writing um where I would like fully say like I believed in the romantic love between these two characters, the way I kind of justify it and the movie still makes sense and like is meaningful to me is that these two characters have this soul bond because of this experience that Causes them to love and care for each other deeply, and mm-hmm. that soul bond is what's going to lead to a grand romantic love. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I, I, I that's 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 kind of how I read it throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Was was more of like like this is like they love each other, they truly do, but not in a, like a traditional like romantic they, I don't think way they've fallen yet. Fallen
1: in love with each other, right? I think they exactly. Have, like this strong care for each other. After, mm-hmm. like, living each other's lives and mm-hmm. sharing that bond with each other, this, like, su- mm-hmm. psychic connection. Um, yeah. But I think that, like, because of all that leading up to it, once we see them finally get to see each other in the end, in their, like, true versions of each other, um, mm-hmm. is when, like, a romantic love can begin to unfold. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. I I I read that the exact same way. But was okay with right, it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that's still that, that connection. I think the only reason, like,
1: it's uh, critique is even too strong of a word. The only reason I bring it mm-hmm. up is because I think it was pitched to me, this movie, before I saw it, as this like teen love story, you know? Mm. So throughout the movie, like, I'm not seeing any of the romance I typically expect from a teen love story.
0: Man, um, see, I, yeah, I did not, man you got to stop having people pitch you movies.
1: I mean, it's not like someone is telling me these things. It's just like what you see on No, Twitter, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, I can totally see why you'd come into it. See, I, I, I that didn't even cross my mind until okay. most of the way through the movie when I was like, oh, they love each other.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great way to view it. Um, and so, like, when I'm trying to get, like, my roommate to see this movie. I pitched it to her as, like, a Japanese animated movie of that's, like, a epic body swapping tale, which is kind of what yes. we did in the beginning yep. before spoilers. Yep. Because I think that's all the information mm-hmm. you need yeah. going into it. it. Yeah, it
0: really is. And I, I Any, anything more just hurts also. your viewing of it, yeah. I think.
1: I want to, before we finish, I want to bring up... Um, the similarities this movie has to the movie The Lake House. Did you ever see that movie, Lucas?
0: Okay. So I have not seen it, but I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I like I know about that movie, and so I was wondering if 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 they if they were similar.
1: Yeah. So I the Lake House is a a remade movie of a South Korean movie called, I think it's pronounced Ilmare. Um uh, and I haven't seen that original film, but I have seen the lake house and the <laughs> lake house is kind of, uh, regarded as like a bad, like weepy rom-com, not, not calm, just like romantic movie, I guess. yeah. Um, yeah. but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> like, I, I oh, don't no. agree that it's bad. You would probably think it's bad, Lucas, but I think it's pretty good, um,
0: I have standards, Sandra.
1: Okay. Um, so, spoilers for the lake house from here on out. Can, do you mind if I spoil the lake house for you, Ugh, Lucas? Fine. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, for any of our listeners, here are some spoilers for the lake house. The plot of the lake house is Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is building the lake house that Sandra Bullock is living in, and they write letters to each other that magically appear, like, in the same mailbox, and... Um, And it turns out that he's, like, they're writing letters to each other and there's, like, a five-year time difference between their letter writing. Um, So they fall in love with each other via these letters, but they live five years apart. Um, And so they're trying to figure out, like, how to meet each other within this, like, time difference gap. And the big, like, plot twist in the Lake House is that Sandra Bullock um, saw Keanu Reeves die before she knew who he was and she like has to try to save his life um so there's like so it's a very very similar plot device interesting yeah yeah although that one i think is a much more typical love story because they're communicating to each other you know like
0: Mm -hmm. in
1: this movie they communicate with each other but there's not it's a lot more just about like okay here's what happened (laughs) like
0: right it's a a
1: lot less like
0: it's a transactional (laughs) communication a lot of (laughs) times more
1: like emotional letter writing yeah yeah
0: Yeah. all right so you heard it from sandra don't watch the lake house watch your name (laughs) instead
1: i think you should definitely watch your name but if you're in the mood for like a classic romance movie starring the amazing sandra bullock i think you should check out the lake house Mm. All right. You shouldn't check out the well, Lake house, Lucas. I'm admitting that.
0: I will not. I will not do it. <laughs> All right. Anything else for your name?
1: Um, I don't think so. I'm I'm really interested in Lucas. If you once you see a dubbed version, I want you to tell me what you think of it. I
0: def, Cause definitely cause, will. Yeah, definitely. Will. I'm, uh, this is this is a movie I did not have my wife watch. Um, but now after watching it, I was like, she will definitely want to see this movie. Okay,
1: same thing (laughs) with me and my roommate. uh,
0: Yep, yep. (laughs) So we'll watch it, we'll watch it again, dubbed version, and see how it is. Okay, good. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us. So until next week, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on... All social media platforms at Sandra Omstetz. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z.
0: And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find the whole group, Lost and Included, on Twitter at Feeling It Pod and on Facebook at Facebook.com Feeling It Pod. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes or uh, send us an email at
1: pod at gmail.com
0: there we go that's what it is <laughs> um, other than that that is the end I always forget what how to end this thing goodbye bye
1: bye thank you oh, goodbye now
0: goodbye Go away. I'll see you soon okay
1: that's it go home Yep. Yeah. moving along Padre
0: goodbye old friend
2: that's it that's
0: our show for tonight people